so as, let's dive right into it. I want to talk to you today about uh, captivity and COVID-19. <laughs> captivity and COVID-19, and we're going to be looking at Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 10 to 14. And I wonder how many of you uh, have felt like a prisoner this past uh, month or so. Uh, if not a prisoner, maybe you feel like you have uh, been in exile, <laughs> and at least you've had some freedom of movement, but, you know, there's still been some restrictions, uh, maybe restrictions from your favorite hangouts, perhaps. I, you know, I've been wanting to go camping this last six weeks. I thought, well, I can get my stuff uploaded, and then I've got uh, Saturday and Sunday, but the weather has been bad on most weekends as is typical in March and April. Or then I've thought about myself uh, thinking, uh, gee, I'd like to go get a, a cup of coffee and hang out with somebody, but uh, that hasn't been um, useful either. Hi, I'd like to welcome you again to another uh, installment of sermons on YouTube and on the internet. Uh, and I just want to say thank you to many of you who have been subscribing and some of you who have uh, been commenting back about the usefulness of these uh, messages, and it really means a lot to me when you do that. So thank you. I know you've had a lot of uh, opportunities and choices of late since just about every church in the United States has gone online and uh, provided worship services and sermons uh, via the internet. It means a lot that you've chosen to uh, watch mine, and uh, I just pray that uh, what I've been able to share with you has been helpful, uplifting, encouraging to you through uh, this time of our pandemic and the stay-in-place orders. Uh, this is May 3rd, and so... Uh, for many of you, you're going to be worshiping uh, for the first time in six weeks with a gathering of people. Uh, for some of you, you're going to stay at home. And so this uh, sermon online has been uh, given so that those of, uh, that desire to have the stay-in-place order... Uh, Hi, thanks for t tuning in today. I'm uh, Jim Evans. I'm pastor at Heritage Alliance Church in Twin Falls, Idaho. Many of you know that. Many of you have been watching the past several weeks by YouTube and through our website, and I'm glad that you have been able to do that. Thank you so much for comments that you've given me that uh, say that you've been encouraged by these messages, and uh, it means a lot to me to know that. I'm glad that uh, the effort it's been taking to get this stuff online has been worth it. 
want to thank many of you who've been watching remotely in different parts of the country or uh, different states, uh, even some folks that have been overlapping in what other churches have been doing. So thanks for tuning in. And so here we go. Uh, this uh, message is for those uh, who have chosen to stay in place, even though our church is meeting today, May 3. Um, the governor lifted the, the uh, stay-in-place order and has allowed churches to meet again. And our church is meeting, but it is meeting with certain restrictions. And uh, so stay-in-place stay has been lifted, but social distancing is not. But for those of you that decided to stay home or those who are watching for other reasons, I want to say thank you for tuning in, and I pray to God that this will be a blessing to you. And I want to just begin by asking God for that. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you, Lord, that there are technological things that have made it possible for us to continue to be encouraged by the Word of God. Thank you for the many people that have been on YouTube watching uh, not only this channel but others, uh, the many uh, different pastors and, and uh, uh, even prophets that have gone online and are a blessing to so many people. Thank you for that. But we know, Lord, that, uh, that it's not the technology that's going to make the difference. It's the Holy Spirit of God taking the Word of God and helping us to apply it into our hearts and lives. And so I'm asking for those that are watching today and listening I pray in Jesus' name, God, that their souls will be encouraged and lifted up by the proclamation of your word. Thank you, Lord, that you are not limited by time and space and distance, so your Holy Spirit is able to work at any place at any time, using whatever means. And so, Lord, we're just trusting you to do that, believing with all of our hearts that whenever the word of God is is proclaimed and expounded that the Spirit of God is using it to bring encouragement and life to those who hear. So may those promises continue to be true. We're trusting that they are and asking God that you would bless uh, this video and audio audience for your namesake. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you today about um, captivity and COVID-19. Captivity and COVID-19, and I'm going to be coming to you through the um, prophet Jeremiah again, prophet uh, Jeremiah in verse uh, 10 to 14 of chapter 29. So if you have a Bible handy, get it out and look at Jeremiah 29 verses 10 to 14. And I wonder how many of you have felt like prisoners or exiles perhaps in this past six weeks. If not a prisoner, uh, you feel like you've been uh, basically constrained. You've had freedom of movement limited. Uh, maybe you're frustrated by the fact that your favorite hangouts are not open because of this pandemic, and so you can't go there and just be with people. I've wanted to go camping on several weekends. You know, with this lockdown, I've had more time on Sundays than I've wanted to get the camper out, but the weather, <laughs> it's just... Typical Idaho weather on the weekends hasn't been so good. Or uh, places that we'd like to go camping are off limits because uh, they're shut down for whatever reason. And then I think to myself sometimes, man, I'd like to just go get a cup of coffee with somebody, but all the places are takeout only, and that's frustrating. Or just getting together with some friends over lunch, uh, that's not been possible because obviously restaurants have closed down. 
And I know that this isn't really a big crisis personally, but it certainly is a crisis to many in the food industry because they've not been able to work at all. Their livelihoods have been uh, greatly uh, altered because of uh, what has happened. But I want you to think about it. Did you know that Jeremiah gave a great word of encouragement to people in his day regarding exile and captivity? And it's true. The Bible amazingly gives us insights into things that we may not have even thought would be directly applied from the Scripture to what we're going through, but it really does. Did you know that in in America's history, the government has never quarantined the healthy until this time? (laughs) In other serious outbreaks of disease in our history, the sick were quarantined, like the polio epidemic in the 1930s and 40s. But this time, the healthy are put in lockdown. And fear and panic has spread across this country. Uh, Fear has created social disorder and chaos, like at local Walmarts, for example, where people were fighting in aisles over supplies and food. Things have drastically changed from a generation or two ago when people looked out for each other and cared for each other and even in rationing and all those kinds of things they they shared with one another but not so in in our particular uh, generation where people are all about themselves and what they can get and they're willing to fight with people over stuff it's it's horrific the change in culture that has taken place our culture is not getting better i don't care what people say when we disbanded God, when we told him he couldn't be in the school, when we kicked him out of the public square, it's not gotten better. It's gotten worse, and it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. But here we are. But when you think about Jeremiah's contemporaries, and they weren't much different than America today. They were all about themselves. They were worshiping idols to get for themselves what they could get. They were living for their own lusts and pleasures. And Jeremiah kept bringing to them a word of doom and gloom. And uh, I I imagine that people were thinking that um, Jeremiah was a pain in the posterior, if you know what I mean. Uh, He never seemed to have anything really positive to say. But I want you to look at Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 10 to 14, and see what it has to say to us. Beginning at verse 10, For thus says the Lord... When 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. And then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile." Now, that's an incredible word, and there's a lot of people that like Jeremiah 29, 11, and they 
they look at that verse uh, and, and apply it to their own situation and believe it's a promise for them. And I want to explain a little bit about why that's appropriate. But notice he said, when the 70 years are completed, that means there's going to be an end to this exile that's coming. There's going to be an end of the judgment that God is bringing. And there's going to be a new day that's coming. A new day filled with God's plans of hope. A day filled with God's plans for welfare and a future. We have no idea what the government or the deep state has learned from these past several months. I honestly do not believe that there was a conspiracy that created this situation. No one could have known how Americans would react. But I do believe that those who would seek to dominate the world have learned through these past few months exactly how they can control people very effectively. And I am giving just an opinion here, but maybe you would agree with me that MAGA, M-A-G-A, you know, that used to stand for Make America Great Again, might mean massive agoraphobia grips all. (laughs) People are easily manipulated and controlled by fear. And there are many people in exile throughout the world dealing with hardship and distress every single day. We may think we've had it bad, but refugees from Syria and Iran and Iraq, from Bosnia and Burma, they've all had to learn new languages, new cultures, if they were able to even survive. Imagine taking only what you can carry on your back and leaving everything behind with little or no hope of a future where you're going. Not even know where you're going. You don't even know where you're going to end up. There are nations that will refuse to let you enter their borders. Uh, Where once you were very self-sufficient, now you're totally dependent on some NGO or charity to set up camps and to bring food and water and sanitation. And then there's a long wait for the, to see if there's any country that will accept you before it's too late. We have a, a number of Burmese refugees that worship in our church building, and uh, they waited in refugee camps for up to two years for the opportunity to come to America to establish a new life. This is the reality for hundreds of thousands of people. And I wonder how they're getting along with COVID-19 and if there have been outbreaks in those refugee camps. But in Jeremiah's day, the Babylonian armies had marched into Judah. They had waged war. They had sacked the city. They had destroyed it. Many people died. And then those who survived this attack were marched into what is now present-day Iran. So if you look on a map, you could see Israel and how far they had to walk by foot up and around into what is known as Iraq today. And along the way, they mocked their captors. The the Babylonians would mock them. And I wonder if they heard the words of Jeremiah, would they have had any hope? Seventy years, he said. You know, for, for most of those people, that was a lifetime. And maybe for their generations to come, there was some hope. But the short-sighted people, and every nation has people that are short-sighted, looking out only for themselves. We've seen that in our country lately. 
they, they likely complained that the promise was useless to them. Uh, there may have been concern that the younger generation, uh, if they got accustomed to their new home in Babylon, that they might forsake the ways of their fathers and adopt uh, the religion of the Babylonians just, just to fit in. But God is faithful. And he said, I will visit you and I will perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. That's what he said in verse 10. Think about that. God's looking at this situation, but he's giving them a promise. I will visit you. I will perform my good word. God knows human nature. He was certainly aware of the dangers that exile would place upon future generations. But God has an agenda. And he has a plan. And he is determined to have a people for his own possession. He willed to send the Messiah. He sent him to this group of people that had gone into exile in Babylon, but then did come home after 70 years. He promised them that there would be a Messiah. And it's because God has an agenda of reconciliation and renewal for all of planet Earth and its inhabitants. Nothing could stop the purposes of God. No setbacks, no mess-ups, no devilish opposition can or will thwart the sovereign will of God. God knew that this day would come. And sadly, it did not have to, but he knows human nature, and thus he knew the day would come when his own people, after giving them this land, being led into it by Joshua, that they would forsake him, and that the covenant would be broken, and that he would have to eject them from the land according to what he told them he would do. All the way back in the book of Deuteronomy, when Moses was alive, Moses said this to the people. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 to 6. He says, So it shall be when all of these things have come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind in all the nations where the Lord your God has banished you. And you return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and soul according to all that I have commanded you. And your sons, then the Lord your God will restore you from captivity and have compassion on you. And will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. If your outcasts are at the ends of the earth, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there he will bring you back. The Lord your God will bring you into the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. And he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you might live. This promise was fulfilled partially in the days of Nehemiah and Ezra, where the people were allowed to go back to Judah after being exiled for those 70 years. But that wasn't the total fulfillment of this promise. You know, in our generation, we have seen the past 70 years of recent history, the unprecedented rebirth of the nation of Israel. 
No nation in the history of the world has ever been ravaged by war and defeat and then scattered and dispersed as Israel was. I mean, they've been scattered around the world. And yet for them to regather in the land that they now occupy, which God gave them 4,000 years ago, and then to retain their language and preserve their religion as well as their sacred scriptures for such a period of time that they were exiled and assimilated and everything was done to try to, to take away anything of their identity. And yet they're back. They have a language that's the same. Uh, They have the scriptures. That is a miracle. And yet even at that, a greater regathering is still to happen in the future. And I believe that it's very soon. Where all the people within the covenant of grace in Christ Jesus will gather as well. We are called to be the holy people of God with a future and a hope. I do not believe that the church, those of us who have been blood-bought, born-again believers in Jesus, will ever replace Israel. We are called in Scripture as Israel. We share in all the blessings that belong to them because we have been grafted into the blessings of Abraham. The book of Romans and Galatians are letters that Paul dedicated to explain the truth of this in great detail. And you can read about it, especially in Romans chapter 9, verse 9 through 11. But this is the reason why Jeremiah 29 can be claimed by not only all of Israel, but for those who are in the new covenant of Jesus' blood, whether we're born of the flesh of Israel or born of the spirit of Israel. All Christians have been adopted into this family through the manifold grace of God. And I want you to consider these words from Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we're children, heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. So we can lay hold of the promise that God has a plan, good plans, for a future and a hope because we are part of the covenant that God made with us through Jesus Christ, predicted by Jeremiah and Ezekiel and many others, including the Psalms. The promise is good only, though, through the Messiah, Yeshua of Nazareth, or Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And Jeremiah 29, 11 does have conditions. If you look at verses 12 to 14, you're going to see those conditions. He says, you will call upon me and come to me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. And I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you. 
and I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. God's people, for us, the way out of captivity or the way out of exile is to seek him. And no matter where sin or satanic forces have driven us, the way back is never to simply claw or scramble through religion or self-righteousness. The only way is by seeking God, seeking his face. Tommy Tenney wrote uh, some great books on worship and revival a few decades ago. One thing I remember from these books was a description of prayer as he described how many Christians tend to pray. He said that most look for what comes from God's hand, but few seek his face. In other words, many are looking for the gifts or provisions that come from his hands, but few are looking just for him, for himself alone. If we get God by seeking him, we get everything. But if we get only what comes from his hand, what do we really have in the end? It's like a father who comes home from a long trip bearing gifts for his children. You know, my dad used to do that for me. I can some of my early memories when my dad would go off for some kind of training. He would return and he'd have gifts for my brother and I. But, you know, those gifts would have been worthless if they had been delivered by the mailman and my dad had never come home. The gifts were great and they were fun, but the prize was that my dad was home. He was there. He was big. He was strong. He was funny. He was present. And so God says, when you're far from me in exile and in captivity or in quarantine, Seek me, pray to me, and I will listen. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. And I will be found by you. And I will bring you back from your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations. Exile and captivity can mean many things to different people. It can be a sense of shame for your past failures. Or the captivating thought that you're no longer worthy of God's grace. Friend, if you, you, you've never been worthy of God's grace. <laughs> and not, not the first time you may have found life in Him. Or if, if you're finding yourself wallowing in some kind of exile or captivity that you didn't expect to be in. You don't deserve His grace. You never did. You never did. Can you keep that in mind? We've never been able to secure his favor based on anything that we can bring him. He died for us as sinners. In fact, the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's found in, in the, the book of Corinthians. He made him who knew no sin to become sin. He continues his purpose for you no matter how much you have failed because his purpose has always been to conform you into the image of his son. And the Bible tells us, Philippians 1.6, He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it unto the day of Christ Jesus. <laughs> he said he would finish the work he started. So stop believing the lie that you're no longer worthy or you can't measure up. 
and turn to Him in faith right now. The wayward sinner or the religious fanatic, you could turn to Jesus and be saved and restored, forgiven and reconciled to your Creator. If you're a believer, you are the answer to the promise that God gave to Jeremiah. But it doesn't stop there. You have as your birthright the claim on this promise when you meet its conditions just as Israel had to meet its conditions. Seek Him. And use the remaining days of the stay in place to seek Him. Or even as things get loosened up. And God forbid that it goes backwards. That we have another pandemic and and things go back the other direction. But no matter whether we have freedom or whether we're in lockdown. Seek His face. The pandemic really is far from over. But because of how we've acted since March. The disease has slowed down. But this and many other things will probably rise up again. And as I said before, there are those who've seen how to control Americans, and I'm sure they'll find ways to use it again. But our return from exile or captivity hasn't as much to do with the stay in place as it has to do with stay in touch. Stay in touch with God. There's nothing that can limit that. Seek Him until you see His face. He promised you that you will find him. He's not teasing you to get you to be religious. It's a plea for a relationship from the God who created you. He wants you and he wants me. And that's why the promise is absolute. And it's certain. Because this has been God's agenda from the very beginning. It has been his goal and his desire from the very first breath into Adam himself until the last soul breathes from this corrupted body. It is God's agenda for you that you be reconciled to him. That you live up to the purpose for which he created you. That you be brought back from exile, be brought back from the nations from which you've been driven. When your sin drove you from the presence of God to wherever it took you, God's will and purpose has always been to bring you back, to restore you. When you seek for him with all your heart, you will find him. And so, it's where you belong. I want you to know that he wants to bring you home. And home is not a place on earth. Home isn't really even heaven. Your home is God's heart. That's where you belong, because that's why God made you for himself. So take this truth and trust him. Don't beg for your forgiveness. Receive it by faith. Don't uh, beg God for his favor, but by faith, receive it. Don't beg to see his face, but by faith, stop and look until he reveals himself to you. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name as we've heard this message, God, that we will have faith well up inside of us. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I pray, Lord, that if there's someone listening today that was moved by the truth of God's word, that they will turn their face toward you and say, Lord, your face I seek. I pray, God, that you would reveal yourself to them.
And I pray by your grace, the Holy Spirit will speak those words into their hearts that you are my child so that they can cry out in their own spirit, Abba, Father, and receive the adoption as sons and to receive a new spirit, not a spirit of fear leading to slavery, but a new spirit of sonship, knowing that no matter what happens in this world, no matter how much they might shut things down, whether persecution flies or whether we have more diseases and disasters or or tornadoes or earthquakes or anything else, God, we give thanks to you that your word says that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so, God, may those who are feeling lonely or exiled or feel like they're in captivity today receive the promise that God says, I have, I have plans for you. I have a plan for a future and a hope. And that they would receive that promise, Lord God, and then look to you, look to your face, knowing that it's going to be unveiled as they do so. And then I pray in Jesus' name, many more will come to faith in Jesus through the life and testimony of those who experience this hope for themselves. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much again for tuning in. I'm uh, Jim Evans, and uh, I, I pray that you will look at our website if you get a chance and see how we've delineated the gospel in that. Uh, if you are watching and you're in the area and you're thinking about attending church here, we meet on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock, and Lord willing, we're going to continue to be able to do so as uh, uh, the phases of uh, getting back our freedom come into play. So you're welcome to come. We encourage you to uh, drop us a line or give us a call. And uh, we'd be glad to spend time with you if you're struggling in your spiritual life and you'd like someone to share with you, uh, pray with you, and encourage you. We want you to feel free to do so. Our number is 208-733-9330. You can reach me at pastor at heritagealliance.net if you want to email me. God bless you. Thank you again for tuning in. And uh, just pray that you'll be able to live in the hope of the fact that God has a plan for